0: Welcome to The Light Within, a podcast for anyone seeking to rewrite their life, live in their light, and align with their soul's highest purpose. I'm Leslie Draffin. Join me as we explore spirituality, sexuality, wellness, and the magical world around us. Hello, beautiful beings. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Light Within podcast. I'm your host, Leslie Draffin, and today we are talking about something that is a huge taboo for so many people. Periods. Yes, we're talking about our menstrual cycles. My guest today Is a holistic health coach who focuses on helping women connect with their bodies and love their bodies, Alyssa Durham, and we dive deep into menstrual taboos. We talk about healing hormonal imbalances, the different phases of your cycle. She talks about how to sync your life to live in flow, her PCOS struggle. I also talk a bit about my own PCOS struggle. We talk about self-love and connecting with our womb space, moon cycles, and your period, and ways that beginners can start tracking their cycles. But all of this got me thinking about my own period story. And a lot of times as little girls, we have to keep that secret. We don't talk about that with our friends, with our families, and it can cause a lot of shame. can cause a lot of fear. My period started when I was 11 years old. It was between fifth and sixth grade, and it happened the night before I was headed to sleepaway camp. I remember, first of all, kind of freaking out and not really knowing what was happening to me because... If you're a woman or a person who has bled in their life, then you know the very first time it might not really look like red blood. I finally got up the nerve to talk to my mom about it, and she had had a hysterectomy, so she wasn't actively bleeding. And I remember just having to sort of scrounge around to find something to use so we could then go to the store and buy tampons and pads. And the next morning she told me, you know, if you want to go swimming at sleepaway camp, you'll need to use a tampon. And I was freaking out. So she helped me put one in and kind of explained to me how to do it. We drove to camp. And before she left, she asked me if I could take it out myself. Because obviously she wasn't going to just leave me there without having made sure I got it out correctly and that I was okay. Well, I couldn't do it. I was too freaked out. She had to end up helping me. And I remember it felt so uncomfortable. It was so painful. I probably was crying And it scarred me. I didn't use a tampon for years after that. The other thing that happened, other than me not swimming during sleepaway camp, which really sucked, was halfway through the week I felt like I was going to run out of pads because you don't know how long your first period's going to last or what your flow is going to be like. And I was so scared. I'd kept it a secret from my roommate. I was so nervous. I finally just kind of broke down and started crying and went to my counselor, and she was so sweet. She was probably late teens, early 20s, college age, and she sat me down and was like, it's okay, here's pads, Like we've got everything you need, it's no big deal, and really made me feel a lot better about it. And so I didn't ever really think about my period story until last year when I went off the pill. I got on it in college, I think I was 18, went off of it 16 years later, last May, And it was the first time I had really tried to focus on loving my period and getting back in sync with my flow. And after that many years on hormonal birth control, my body was ready to go through so many roller coasters. My hair fell out. I got hormonal acne. I was diagnosed with PCOS, which we talk about in this episode, and it is polycystic ovarian syndrome. And basically, that meant that I had elevated male hormones and I may have cysts on my ovaries, which delayed ovulation. And that meant that my cycles were very long. I mean, right when I got off of the pill, I think I didn't have a cycle for 40, 45 days. And when I did, I barely bled. Now it's March and my cycles are about 30 days, which is average and good. But it took a while to get here. I take supplements. (laughs) I eat really well, I work with a nutritionist, and I try to honor my flow as much as possible, and Alyssa talks about that in this episode. But really, I've just been so lit up talking about periods with women over the last few months, and I knew this was something we needed to bring to the podcast, so I am so excited to introduce you to today's guest. Alyssa Durham is the owner and founder of Beautiful and Courageous, her health coaching practice. Alyssa's purpose on this planet is to help women overcome trauma, own their worth, and make sustainable change through holistic self-love. She graduated from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition in November 2020, where she studied a variety of dietary theories and coaching methods. She specializes in holistic techniques to self-heal navigate trauma, and restore female hormonal balance. So it is now my pleasure to welcome Alyssa Durham to the Light Within podcast. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So first things first, what ignites your Light Within?
1: Oh, this is a deep question. I sat and meditated with this, and it there's so much, but it comes down to two things for me, self-love and trust that then allows me to love and serve others. I think that's what really lights me up is just seeing that cultivation in myself pour out and just radiate to others to help them learn what that feels like.
0: Mm, I love that. (laughs) And that kind of leads into perfectly what you do. So talk a little bit about what you do. Yes, I'm a holistic
1: health and life coach. Uh, beautiful and courageous is the my health coaching practice. So if you're ever looking for me, remember that you're beautiful and courageous and you can find me. Um, but I, I help women specifically. I am very familiar with... Um, female hormones, specifically hormonal imbalances, like situations like PCOS. But I also, in my practice, we don't just focus on health in the terms of nutrition and fitness, but we focus on the inside too, because that's where you build that foundation. I was just talking about of self-love and self-trust. And if you ever want to make sustainable, tr- uh, sustain- sustainable change in your life, you have to build that relationship with yourself because health is really just an act of self-love and caring for
0: all of the different facets of your life. Mm, I love that. Mm -hmm. And I totally agree that it's so much more than, you know, just what you're, uh, health and fitness goals are. For me over the last year, I went off birth control in May of last year after 16 years. So oh, wow, a lot of what you're saying, the hormonal balance has been the life I am living, uh, the life my husband's living, whether or not he wants to or not. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I'd love to talk more about about that because you have had PCOS or have PCOS and I have it as well. So can you talk me through sort of what your experience with that has been? Yes.
1: So my experience with PCOS has been kind of a nightmare. And this is why I've made it such a focus because I feel like it's, it's this thing that we know exists, but we know nothing about, especially when you go to a doctor, because when your hormones got a balance, it's not just your periods, it's your whole body, it can affect your thyroid, your pituitary gland. And so you end up Going to all of these different doctors that don't talk to each other, that all give you these different medications. I mean, there are PCOS women that have seizures and, and other inflammation issues that are being treated as something separate when really it needs to come down to the root cause of what's happening. Um, so my journey with PCOS, uh, I was put on birth control. And, uh, my body had an adverse reaction to it. My uterus actually swelled and I had to have surgery and it was really scary. Um, and I was young and they told me, you're not going to be able to have kids. You need to lose weight. You know, all the things they tell you when you have PCOS, especially after having those issues. And at the time I didn't really worry about it cause I didn't want kids. That wasn't my journey. Um, I was a teenager, I was 17 at that time when that happened so it wasn't on top of my list and neither was health or self-love at that point in time but then you know as i started working on myself i met my wonderful husband and we wanted to have a baby so we started down this adventure and again it's you have pcos you need to lose weight and all of these symptoms i'm having uh, i'm having are stereotypical symptoms that we think PMS should be, and it's not. Again, the misinformation. You shouldn't have the uncomfortable bloating or the insatiable cravings for sugar that you just can't think about anything else. You shouldn't have these painful period cramps that you're just like bending over and you literally can't get out of bed. That's not normal, but we're taught that it is. Um, and so it was kind of a a learning adventure for me of being prescribed Clomid and metformin and then taking fertility testing. And, um, I was going through this for about two years, trying to conceive my son and, um, I realized in that two years, I wasn't really taking care of myself. So I started trying to get into diets and all these other things and nothing was working and I would get defeated. And then I'd go on a binge cycle and then come back, kind of go through those waves. um, You know, and it's, you go through a lot of emotional distress when you take that pregnancy test and it's false and you feel like it's your fault. Cause it's not my husband's fault. It's my fault. It's my body, but it's no one's fault, right? Um, PCOS happens and there's, you're not because you're overweight is not the reason (laughs) because of all these other factors. They'll tell you is the reason is not the reason it's just learning how your body is communicating with you and working with it to help it heal. And so, um, I finally decided to get off the medication. I hated the side effects. I hated what it was doing to me. And I was like, you know what, if it happens, it happens. Um, Again, this is when I was starting to change a lot in my diet and how I was moving my body. And then I got pregnant (laughs) and my son came along. (laughs) Go figure. And this is when I started going to school. I started going to IIN and I started really diving into hormonal health and ways that I can identify which hormones are out of balance and things that I can do to help them. And then here we are. my son's not even two yet. We're not trying for a baby. I'm dealing with hormonal things uh, uh, as far as emotions. And I like my husband and I haven't been super intimate and that's okay. Right. And we have a surprise baby on the way, which was such a blessing. After having my son, I had a cancer scare I had a PCOS flare up. They um, had surgery again and then everything ended up fine. And they said my cervix was really bad. And then I started making these changes even more like intensely because I was like, I want to be here for my son. I don't want this to happen. And I went back, I found out I was pregnant, my OBGYN visit. And then I found out that my service cervix looks like it's a brand new cervix. Like it wasn't the one she looked at six months ago, hmm. all from changing how I'm treating my body and what I'm putting into my body and, um,
0: getting off the medication they had me on. So, wow. Yeah. Well, for viewers who might not know, okay, let's back up just a second. Tell me what is PCOS? So the definition of it and kind of what it can show up as in people's bodies.
1: It's, it's a lot of hormonal imbalance. And typically you'll have um, cysts that can form on your ovaries, which is actually a result of the hormonal imbalance that's happening in your body. And it just looks like little pearls. And
0: sometimes they, you don't even know they're there. Sometimes they burst and that's when we know. But it also keeps people with PCOS uh, from ovulating at times or mm-hmm. it can delay ovulation. I know that was my yes. experience where yes. I was not ovulating for months and months and months and months because also when I was on the pill, I wasn't ovulating. So my body, I guess, just needed time to wake up. But there also, you mentioned the weight gain, but there are also people who are termed lean PCOS. So I'm lean PCOS, Mm -hmm. but I had my hair fallout. I had Mm -hmm. horrible cystic acne and Mm -hmm. the mood swings. There are a few different types of PCOS and there is even
1: PCOS that doesn't have cysts. Like you can have PCOS and not have the cyst symptom that's happening. And again, all of that comes down to The hormonal imbalance, so that you know you have insulin resistant PCOS, you have inflammatory PCOS, you have adrenal fatigue PCOS, you have the lean PCOS, and all of it is just the different hormones that can go out of balance. Like for example, when you have the hair that's growing in unwanted places, that's having a lot of testosterone, and that's what PCOS is really known for—is having too much testosterone. But in the cases where you're losing hair and different things like that, it could be that you have low testosterone and really high estrogen, and they don't really it's, it's not a one size fits all. It's really learning your body, how your hormones flow. And we're not really taught about our periods. Let's be honest. We're not taught about our menstrual flow in school. Um, when we're growing up, we don't really know what's happening. We know we bleed once a month and that's it. And if you really get in touch with it, you can learn so much about your body. And it's such a window into your health as overall. And, um, when you I feel like PCOS in a way gives you an advantage because it's like a wake up alert, like, hey, you have to pay attention to me and bond with me so that you can grow and find the healthiest version of you.
0: Mm, preach. Oh my gosh. Yes. And now they're saying that your period is your fifth vital sign. If you're someone who bleeds, you know, just like your temperature and your heart rate, this is a vital sign of your body. But you're right. I mean, when I was growing up, it was just one of those things where you're going to bleed each month That it's going to suck. It's going to be painful and nasty and ugh, it's just something you have to deal with. But now with the journey that I've been on over the last year, really trying to connect with how sacred and amazing it is, even though I'm not someone who ever wants to have children, but really connecting in. So let's talk a little bit about... I guess the cycles or the phases of your cycle. I didn't even know I had different cycle phases until I was a 34 year old woman. What the hell is that about? So, I mean, I knew I like ovulated, but I didn't know about follicular phase and luteal phase and the order they came in, how long they were. So, Educate me. Educate everyone. Yes, let's let's dive into this. So the flow of a
1: woman is beautiful. Um, so I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit before we dive into the details about hormonal flow. So for a man, it is a 24 hour cycle, and then they start over again. And so it is fact that a lot of the research for diet and exercise is done on men and postmenopausal women, and not you know all of these women out here, they're trying to live healthy lives. They're trying these diets that aren't designed for them or their process or their flow. And um, you know, a lot of time in the health, area. You see, you have to have consistent routine and you have to follow the strict diet
0: and that doesn't work for women. And your cycle is such a window into that. And it's so beautiful. And I love what you're saying because you're right. I mean, intermittent fasting is something that people are talking about, you know, every new year, every time January rolls around, they're like intermittent fasting. It's so excellent. Never tested on women of reproductive age. And so when it doesn't work for us or it works a little bit and then it makes us worse, we're like, Oh, we failed. No, the, studies failed because they didn't include you. So how could you even know if it was going to work or not? Right. Yes. Yes.
1: And, and the other beauty, the other beautiful thing about diet is, is your body is beautifully unique and the diet that's going to be perfect for you is not going to be perfect for someone else. It's totally individualized Mm -hmm. to you and all about, again, tapping into your body and knowing what it's telling you. So diving into tapping into your menstrual cycle. I'm going to drop a couple of books for people to look up because I think they're really good if you want to get into the details and learn and the nitty-gritty. Um there is Fix Your Period by Nicole Jardim. That's J A R D I M. As well as In the Flow. I believe the are uh, the author of that one's last name is V D V I T T I. Yes. Yes. That so is I have them all. <laughs> Alisa Vitti. yes, she is the queen. Yes. Oh, you got this. You already know. You already know.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I have been reading all about my period.
1: Yes. So, ladies, if you if you are a lady, you have a uterus and and you bleed. This is these are things you need to read and to learn about yourself and your cycle. Um, mm-hmm. d- definitely. Oh yeah, uh, Period Repair Manual is a good one too.
0: <laughs> that one was so influential when I was reading finally about PCOS because she actually. I think explained it so, so well, but mm-hmm. yes, people on my Instagram, y'all know we talked about periods last year. So yes, love those books. And, and <laughs> Jardim was the first one, Fix Your Period. Yep. I haven't read hers.
1: Yeah. It's very, it's um. so the period repair manual and her writing, even though they're two different authors, they're very similar. They talk about the hormonal imbalances, symptoms, diet, all that kind of thing. And the flow I recommend because it gets more into the energy and how you can Create your life around your cycle to be more productive and enter- energized. So let's dive into these phases so um, I like to start when I start talking about them. I like to start talking about the follicular phase So this is the phase that is right after you um, are finished bleeding um, It's about seven to ten days long. So, This is when you start to see your energy rise so I like to think of the um, menstrual cycle almost like a climax. You have your hill. You go up, 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 you hit the peak, and then you go down. And then you repeat that and it's just this wave. And it's a beautiful dance. <laughs> um but so in the follicular phase you're starting to see the rise in estrogen. You're starting to get your energy back after menstruating. And this is a really beautiful time to like movement wise this is when you want to focus on waking up with some cardio getting your dancing on um this is when your energy is going to be more creative and in planning mode and ready to get going you know um on the flip side for food, in your follicular phase, your metabolism begins to slow. So this is the time you want to eat more of these fresh veggies and fruits and salads, fermented foods, oats, those kinds of things. Because this is, this is when you need to cool down because you're starting to heat up, right? So you're basically doing the opposite. And then after your follicular phase, you'll migrate into your ovulation phase. And we all know what this is. This is when your egg comes. This is when you get pregnant. And actual ovulation is only 24 to 48 hours. But the ovulation phase can last for about three or four days. And this is when you're hitting your peak. This is when you have your most energy. This is when all of your hormones are at their peak and you wanna really focus on high intensity. You want to, you know, really get those workouts done. You wanna sweat, do that hot yoga, all of those things. And um, food wise, again, you're heating up. So you want to focus on those cooling foods, those light foods, those light grains, quinoa, things like that. Um, And energetically, this is when you want to talk to people and communicate and work on on um, community projects with people and really focus on that community feel. Then we, so for both of those phases, your metabolism is really slow. So you can, you know, you eat the salads and the lighter foods when you switch into the next phase, which is your luteal phase. Um, this is about 10 to 14 days of the phase right before you menstruate. Cause there's only four phases. This is when you want to get crap done. You're feeling your, um, you're feeling your uh, hormones start to drop because you're, again, you've hit the climax of ovulation and you're starting to slow down and flow. And uh, this is when you start to go inward, look at all those tasks you need to get done, do all of your admin work, you know, really get things done. And um, your metabolism is starting to speed up at this point. Um, and you still have like, so for the first half of the lateral phase, you'll have a lot of energy, but again, you're climbing down. So your energy will decline. So when you think about movement and exercise, you want, you can start off a little bit intense, do some intense yoga, but you don't want to sweat as much. And then as you go progress through this phase, you want to go into more like light yoga and stretching And focus on foods that are high in like B vitamins and fatty acids and, uh, you know, sweet potatoes, fiber warming foods because you're starting to cool, right? So you want to eat more, work out less is basically the transition that you're going into. Um, And then the final phase is um, menstruation. This is when you really want to go in. You want to connect with yourself. You want to bond with yourself and um, really just kind of reflect. As you decline, you really want to work on listening to your body and going into those light yoga, less sweating, really focusing on getting foods that are high in um, healthy fats like omega-3s, B vitamins, um, warming foods as well because your metabolism is starting to rise. You want to eat more and work out less, which is really important here because you're not really taught that. I feel like uh, the way that's healthy for a women is completely backwards from what we're taught in society. Society, right so we were working out more and eating less in the earlier two phases and now we're transitioning to eating more and um, making sure we get these healthy fats in us which a lot of diets will tell you to restrict and you want these healthy fats women need more omega-3s we need the fish oil those different types of things and this is a really good time to get that in when you transition you um your body can store fat and when you Push too much cortisol in your body when you do the high intensity and push yourself to do it in these moments that you need to rest, your body will go into fat storage mode. So it works in the opposite effect for us. So then, if we do these high intensity workouts, we get this fat storage mode going on. We're not losing any weight, we're storing everything that we're eating. So it's really important to, when you're working out, to listen to your body. And when you feel like you need to rest, it's okay to rest. It's the secret. It's, it's okay to rest. And when we move into the menstrual phase, when we talk about energy, this is when you rest and go in and reflect. And uh, it's such a sweet, juicy phase, because I feel like that's when you really focus on yourself and your relationship with yourself. And you just kind of want to push out the external world, right? And when we talk about movement, you know what I say is a good movement for menstrual, menstrual phase or menstruation phase? Naps. <laughs> Take a nap. Go for a light walk. Do some foam rolling. Get some oil. Give your muscles a good massage. Let yourself rest. This is what flows with us the best. And we get to eat more because this is what we need during this phase of our period and really focusing on, you know, increase in in protein, like red meats, high iron foods, again, introducing more of those healthy fats. Um, Buckwheat is really good. And again, warming foods, because this is going to be the coolest point the coolest point is when your hormones are at their lowest and you want to eat those warming foods that you love. And in a way we crave those things, but I think sometimes we tend to lean more towards comfort foods than the foods that work for our body. And I'm a huge fan of eating for your heart and eating for your body and just acknowledging and respecting why you're eating. But it is also important to remember to eat for your body, you know? So that's that's the that's the rough breakdown of the four phases and how movement and food and energy kind of
0: all aligns in there. Yeah, and I love what you said about having to slow down, especially at the end of the of the luteal into menstruation. My day one bleed, I don't do anything. I mean, I meditate, take baths. I definitely don't go to the gym. I'm walking the dogs because I have to, or else they won't let me hear the end of it. But with, with the fat storage stuff too. I've heard it kind of explained like a hamster wheel. If you are killing yourself at the beginning of your phase and then you continue as you get into your third cycle or the third phase of your cycle and into your bleed, you're always on this hamster wheel and you can't get off and you can't see any progress. But if you do uh, listen to your body and you take, you know, a week off from lifting weights at the gym, you're not gonna actually see your body's changes go in you know, a negative way because your body needed that versus if you do kill it at the gym in the third phase of your cycle and into your menstrual cycle, you're more stressed. You've got that more cortisol popping through your body. And then like you said, you turn on your fat storage. So you have to listen to your body. And let's talk about the PCOS stuff too because a lot of what I have been reading for people with PCOS is don't do those crazy long, you know, hour-long boot camps, nope. 90-minute workouts. High intensity does not work well. Because you're pulling so much cortisol into your body. Yeah. yeah, Because you already have elevated, you know, androgens and elevated testosterone, testosterone. Mm-hmm. elevated stress hormones. Yeah, So it's just a whole mess. So what should folks with PCOS do? And especially if they maybe not know where their cycle is.
1: Right. Yes, especially. So I always recommend for my PCOS ladies until we get to that to our healthy normal flow and we have our four distinct phases and we're ovulating like we should. When you talk about working out, pay attention to your heart rate. You want to keep your heart rate you know, you don't want it to spike, you know, everybody's like, Oh, my heart rate's at 150. It's at 160. We're doing great. No, 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 we don't want that because that's when your body is pumping that cortisol, which then causes you to create more testosterone, which can it just, it's a, it's a domino effect, right? So when you want to think about your movement, when you have PCOS, you want to do slow, like weight lifting, or if you do cardio or anything like that, watching your heart rate. And then when your heart rate starts to rise, pause, take two minutes, do some deep breaths, take a relax, drink some water, let your heart rate come back to resting and then dive back into your next workout or your next weightlifting stage or your next um, body training. Um, yoga is, I highly recommend yoga, um, strength training,
0: all really great
1: options for PCOS.
0: Awesome. So let's talk a bit about folks who maybe aren't bleeding. So you've got women who might be menopausal or folks who are on the pill. They're not having a bleed. Can they still sync their life with this cycle to feel as if they're in more of the feminine flow?
1: Absolutely. It is a little bit harder because when you're on birth control and and I, you know, if I think birth control is awesome when it comes to preventative of having a baby when you don't have a baby. I don't think it should be handed out like candy when you have PCOS, which I think it typically does. Um, But if you are on birth control, you still feel when you're going to menstruate, especially if you have PCOS, you will have those cramps or the bloated feelings. You tend to have these kind of symptoms and it's just listening to your body. They may not be as loud, but they're still Mm -hmm. there. Um, And really when you when you're in the the that situation you have to tap into your body take a moment when you wake up in the day how does my body feel before and after you eat how does my body feel right now What are my energy levels? Do I feel like I have a lot of energy to get things done? I highly recommend, um, if you have ever looked into lunar work or working with the moon, it's a great way to kind of get integrated with that. Um, I love as Spencer's book, lunar abundance. If you've never worked with the moon, it talks about how you, again, can sync your life to that cycle because women work very much like the moon and, um, it'll help you kind of get into that flow. And once you get in touch with your your body and understand how you're feeling and your energy levels, it will almost be second nature. You'll know when you need to rest and you'll know when you need to push yourself. And really, again, coming back to my coaching practice is we focus on that self trust, right? Trust Mm -hmm. what you know your body needs because you know your body
0: better than anyone else is going to know it. Well, I love that you brought up the moon because I was just going to ask you about (laughs) this. I am obsessed with all things the moon. Um, And there's just so much cool stuff linked between the moon and periods. I mean, the moon cycle, 29 and a half days, and that's sort of this quote unquote average for women's cycles as well. And then there's all of this stuff that says, you know, if you bleed with the new or the full, okay, so let's talk about this. Let's just dive into the moon and periods. And also, let's just go back and talk about the fact that back in the day, women used to bleed together in the red tent. And a lot of times it was at the new moon where things are just ready to be fertile. Mm, Love this witchiness. Yes. (laughs)
1: I love it so much. The red tents and just really that, that sense of female bonding, which I feel like we've lost touch with. Right. Um, we don't talk about our menstruation. We don't talk about how we handle it. Like I'm just learning about in the past three years of my life after I've been menstruating for several about alternatives to pads and tampons, you know, free bleeding. That's an option. What cups, You know, the panties, the, the, there's just so many options out there, the reusable pads and the benefits that, you know, blood has to plants. Like I, you know, I have my cup, I have a little, I have a little watering cup, a jug that I keep next to my toilet and I'll pour it in there, add some water and go give it to my plants. And my plants thrive off of that,
0: (laughs) but we don't talk about it because it's weird, (laughs) but I do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I just, in the last Couple of months, I guess, like six or seven months. I'm addicted to period panties. I, I haven't have never tried used them a that. tampon I again. Hair
1: and then got pregnant.
0: <laughs> right, and so I love them, and so I'll just soak them after I have my bleed and put that water into the plants. And mm-hmm. I know my husband thinks I'm just crazy, but I am mine too. It's fine. I'm obsessed, people. <laughs> Paint with it. I mean, I've seen people who put it on their face as a face mask because it's basically stem cells. Yeah. I mean, it's great for all kinds of things.
1: Yeah. And it's to each their own, right? If you don't feel comfortable doing it, don't do it. But I mean, if you're curious about it, it does have a lot of benefits for your skin. There's a lot of bonding there, right? Because we have so many wounds with our cycle around, you know, it has to be miserable. It has to be awful. It has to be this terrible thing, but our womb has so much wisdom in it. Look at how it's aligned with the moon. If we sit and bond with it, it can tell us the health of our body. What is that? It's this huge tool that Mm -hmm. we, we, we take for granted really. And we hate and we build this hate relationship with and by learning about it and bonding with it and taking that time, you know, when you're, you know, menstruating, taking that time for you to focus on your self love. Again, you're creating that loving relationship with your menstrual cycle and
0: with yourself. And it's it's such a beautiful Mm. process. Yes, it absolutely is. I love it. And so talking more about the moon and your cycle, and I know, you know, you yourself are pregnant right now, so yes. you're not bleeding with any specific cycle. I am or so any out of the loop. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. But I have noticed that my period, which is becoming a bit more predictable. I went from like 38 days when I had first gotten my PCOS. I just had a 29 day cycle and I was like super amped. And also I'm bleeding with the full moon. And so if you do some research on full moon bleeds, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, you have knowledge to share. Mm -hmm. It's more connected to women who are maybe, uh, not birthing children at that point, but they're ready to birth new information and new ideas. Mm -hmm. I literally birthed this podcast during that bleed. So it's wild versus the new moon bleeds, which is something that's really fertile linked (laughs) a lot to fertility. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yes. So full moon. Yes, definitely all about creating. You're in your mode. You're tapping into your inner wisdom. This is the, if you are bleeding with the full moon, it is the perfect time to build and bond with your menstrual cycle. And looking at your life and reflecting during those menstrual cycles about what you're wanting to create or what your Dharma or purpose is and living and embodying that. And as your cycle transitions, like, like you were saying new moon is, is really about, that's when you're going to be your most fertile. That's when your body is ready to produce and it doesn't have to necessarily be a baby. It can be an idea or a thought, but this is really when you're producing a lot versus in, I feel. I feel like it's. It's again. Yeah, it's more producing, and then full moon is more embodying.
0: Mm, that makes sense. Yep. Yes, for sure. Oh, that was juicy. I love talking about periods. Yes, me too. <laughs> it's my jam. We should talk about it more. We should talk about it more, and I feel like for so many women and girls, it's so taboo. And you know, I'm not someone who's planning to have children of my own, but. My friends who have girls out there, I just, oh, I hope that they're able to share. I have a girl you know, on the way the Good, going to know her body. <laughs> oh, she is. Oh, that's so exciting. Because I feel like you spend so many years being embarrassed, worrying about, you know, all the things that come along with it. Because especially in the beginning, there's, it's hard to know when it's going to come. But can you talk a bit about, you know, tracking cycles? Because I feel like that has given me so much more knowledge and power. And, com- and, and being more comfortable, feeling safer, knowing, all right, if I'm in these days of a window, wear your period panties, because you might have, have one. So how do you track a cycle? What's day one? You know, What's the 411?
1: So if you're tracking your cycle and it's something you've never done before, the Clue app is amazing. If you've never heard of it, C-L-U-E, Clue. Um, it's free. There is a paid version that's upgraded. You can track your symptoms, um, but I would really, or oh, I don't want to say symptoms. I'm going get- to sound bad, but you can track what's happening with your body. Um, but I would really just start by, so you don't get overwhelmed, start by tracking the first day of your period and the last day of your period. So it should be about five to seven days could be shorter, could be longer, and that's okay. Just being aware, awareness. (laughs) It's the first step of my beautiful courageous you program, um, is awareness, being aware of your body, learning the language, Right. So you're learning when your menstrual phase is. Once you've kind of got a good flow with that, you will be able to better identify the other three phases. And so, you know, it's really good to track your energy throughout the month. When do you have your most energy in the month? When do you have your least energy? Where are you in your cycle when you're doing that? Um, and if you check out the books that we've we we listed a whole bunch, um, it can talk it talks really about um, you know cervical fluid changes. So, you know, we we got, we got a lot of moisture down there and it changes over our cycle. And that tells us a lot about what's happening when you're ovulating. And when you're done ovulating, you'll produce more because your body is protecting you from getting pregnant because you're done and that's, you're about ready to bleed. And so just noticing those subtle changes, again, building that bond. So start by knowing when you bleed and for how long And then you can really start to build up from there. And then, you know, Google is a powerful tool. I'm here. You can always message me and ask me questions. I love talking about periods. And as you learn, just... just. Explore, think of it as exploring yourself and getting to know yourself and really have fun with it. I love planning my self care around my cycle or like fun activities, um, little rewards for myself when I'm menstruating. You know, maybe I'll give in and have that cheesecake, you know, and just like little ways that you can make it fun and enjoyable for yourself.
0: Yeah, I made a chart for my husband (laughs) and it shows what cycle I'm in what phase of my cycle I'm in and it shows the mood that I'm in what kind of sex I want. Yeah. There's also a part that's like, leave me the hell alone. Like do not be in the house.
1: Have you seen those little octopus things that switch sides? You know what I'm talking about? No, I haven't. Oh, they had. They're amazing. I want one so bad. So they're they are this little octopus stuffed animal and it looks really happy and it's one color and you can flip it the other way and it looks pissed and it's a different color. And so there's a lot of videos on TikTok and stuff of girls like, oh, my girl's on her period. The guy walks in, you can see the angry octopus like walks away. <laughs>
0: it's great. <laughs> They need a visual because they don't know anything about it either. If I don't know, they're definitely not going to know. So I feel like my husband has gotten a crash course in (laughs) what's going on with my Yoni over the last eight months. Oh,
1: Yoni. I love that. I love that word for it. I love Yoni. Anyways, um, uh, yes, they definitely get a crash course. And it cracks me up when, when men get weird about us being hormonal or emotional because when we're on our period, that's when we're our highest testosterone, which you are running on way more than we are. So let's talk about it here.
0: And that's when our truth comes out. Uh-huh. But I think also when you do start tracking your cycle and you see the cyclical nature of a woman's cycle, since we do change so much in that phase of however many days it is, 29 to 35 days or however many long days your cycle is um it's just, it's just wild because yeah, we go through so much and it makes so much more sense. And you, at least for me, and my experience, you can make more sense of the way you feel when you know why you feel that way yes. versus, oh, I'm just mad today for no reason. No, there's a reason why you have a little bit of irritation or anger or mm-hmm. anxiety, because this is where I'm at. I'm at in my phase and this is what's going on with my hormones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the power and the awareness. And you were mentioning that because that's sort of one of the pillars of your coaching. So talk me through what you do with your coaching and your clients.
1: Oh, yes. So my coaching program, Beautiful Courageous You, it's all about finding the healthiest version of you. And um, we, I have a focus on, because I have a background in childhood trauma and just my experience kind of going through that, I really wanted to make it a focus that we get to deal with our past pain, our past traumas, and really work on that foundation in ourselves. So we start with awareness Being aware of trauma responses and how your body is defending yourself. Being aware of your period. So that's when we start tracking our menstrual cycles together and learning how to do that together. Um, Being aware of your energy levels, you know, your things your body are telling you. Not reacting, just being aware. And then we move into self-trust And, you know, there is no such thing as self-sabotage. You can feel like there's self-sabotage and you can have parts of you that are hurting yourself. But when you think about a person, we are one person and we have many different facets of ourselves. especially if you've had trauma or past hurt, which we've all had, let's be honest. We kind of split off into different fragments, but every part of you is working for you. And when we have parts of ourselves in conflict with each other, That's when distrust happens because it feels like we can't win. And that's because if one part of you loses all of you loses and a lot of times we're taught to work in compromise and there isn't compromise we need to see both of these pieces and why they're doing what they're doing and build a relationship with them and figure out a win-win situation which we're not really taught to do anymore so we work through building that that self-trust and also trusting what you want for your body what you need for your body what your body is telling you we start learning the language that's happening here diving into hormones a little bit more Um, and then uh, we, we'll talk about later in the program, we talk about connecting to your inner child. We talk about um, connecting with your body specifically. That's when we start diving into all of the hormones and like what it means and what's happening and the beautiful dance that your hormones do as you go through your cycle and how to course correct when they're crazy and off off the tracks um, because it's all, all a sign. And, and we also talk about mind-body medicine. And I think this is the, the pillar and foundation of this program is... We store our emotions in our body. So when you're trying to heal yourself, when you're trying to lose weight, when you have things like PCOS, is there something attached to it that we need to deal with? So for me... I firmly believe a lot of the issues I'm having were my past trauma of like sexual abuse and other things like that, that were never dealt with and things that I didn't want to face. And I've stored them in my body for so long that this is what I thought was normal for me. And as I've started to heal that piece of me. I've then went on this trail of loving my body and learning my body and actually finding the healthiest version of me. So it's all about learning not only how your body works, but how to move those emotions out of your body. And then the final stage of the program is thriving. Once you've, once you've crossed this journey, it's 14 weeks. This is a very like crash course of what my program is. But once we reach the end, we really focus on what does it mean to thrive? How do we transit? We've worked on transitioning from surviving. So surviving is all about, you know, you're stuck on the same routine every day. You go to work, you come home, take care of the kids, make dinner, go to work, come home, take care of the kids, eat dinner. And you're almost like a zombie. And we don't pay attention to our self-talk. We don't pay attention to ourselves. We don't prioritize ourselves, and all these different things. We don't notice what's happening around us. It's like we're blindfolded. And now that we've taken that blindfold off, how do we thrive and embody who we are. Cause you'll basically be meeting a new person, a new, uh, the highest version of yourself that you've may have never seen before. And it's a beautiful experience again,
0: building that relationship. Mm, I love that. It sounds so beautiful. And I love that it's that 14 weeks. So you've got, you know, a full laid out course when it comes to health coaching. A lot of times I feel like people, um, you know, maybe go into it open-ended and this seems like it's, a great like container.
1: Oh yeah, we do. So I have it set up where there's pre-recorded content and um all of the inner work you do. And you go through the pre-recorded content, you do it at your own pace. Um and then every 2 weeks we meet. And when we meet, we're going to be focusing on, you know, if you have any questions, we also have, you'll have access to me one-on-one through Marco Polo, which is like video texting in between. But when we have our chats or, you know, do you have questions or want to talk about anything that you're experiencing going through this inner work? And then we transition to diet, nutrition, hormones, and individualize it to you. Because like I said, every body is uniquely different and beautiful and we have to find what works for you. So I really work with you on that aspect of how do I find the perfect diet and routine that works for me and my flow?
0: Mm. I love it. Is there anything else that you would like to share that we haven't gone over yet? Okay. I I feel
1: like there's so much I want to share, but we could probably be here for, you know, three days. (laughs) Um, but just, genuinely, if anybody out there is curious about the stuff, if you have PCOS, if you're experiencing any of this, or if anything we talked about resonates with you, don't hesitate to reach out to me. I love to chat beautiful and courageous on Instagram, beautiful You like, remember you beautiful and courageous. You can find me and I would love to chat anytime. Um, I, love connecting and I love talking about periods and all of these beautiful things. And um, even if we don't work together as a health coach relationship, I can still, you know, if you have questions or need help or feel at a loss, I'm here and you're not alone.
0: And I just want people to know that they're so supported. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. We had such a juicy conversation. I loved it.
1: Yes. I can't wait to be back.
0: Wow. I hope you loved that conversation as much as I did. I just love talking about this kind of thing. And I think Alyssa really summed up so many amazing points so well. So thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Light Within Podcast. Remember, you can always reach out on social media. You can find me at the Light Within Podcast on Instagram, as well as at Leslie Draffen on Instagram. You can email me at the light within podcast at gmail.com. And you can also find me on Facebook. Of course, also check out the show notes because that's where you'll find all of Alyssa's contact as well. And remember, there's no light without darkness, but there's no darkness without light. I'll see you next time.